Larray show where we showcase, highlight, and celebrate the accomplishments of dynamic artists. Like my man right here, Mr. Walter Maceo. We're here at the Walter Maceo Gallery. Can you tell me? Thank you. I love that he just welcomed me into his beautiful space. Tell me, um, how did you get started with this beautiful gallery? Well, this gallery is about 18 years in the making. Um, I started my career in 1992 in San Francisco. Um, I grew up in Northern California and went to Berkeley and, and started working in galleries up there for a few years. And then it led to another job, which led to me becoming a director of a gallery. And then in 2005, I made the move to LA to open my own space. And part of what's on the walls right now is a group show of 18 of our artists. So here we are. Okay, so are you an artist yourself? Is that what inspired you to want to even open up an art show? I, I studied art and I made art for a very brief period in my past and I left it all behind with no regrets. So now I just represent artists and have for many years. I love that. So you are pretty much, you're the catalyst for artists. Absolutely. To showcase their talent. Yes, but I do like to interject that. Because I was a practicing artist and I was a painter at one time, I have that perspective of making art, which when you're looking at artists' work in their studio, you can understand the dynamics involved with you know, getting up close to something and stepping back and all those things in between. So that experience has really helped me just in terms of understanding a lot of how art is made. I love that. Yeah. So what, if you could define art, how would you define art? Oy vey. Uh, <laughs> I mean, art for me, uh, is a personal message that's outplayed into a physical material that's presented in the world in some format. So that could be like a lot of my artists, especially in this show, talk about identity mm. um, and some experience in the world, like, you know, whether it's gender or sexuality or some ethnic background that they want to share with the world their experience that gets outlaid oftentimes in figurative artwork. Mm. And then there's the other side of it with artists who work in materials and they make work that's really material-based or process-based and there's a whole sequence of how the artwork is made and I'm very interested in that. Oh, I love that. Speaking of your amazing dynamic artists and their work here, how about we take a look around sure. and, yeah, and, and see the identity of these artists here? Yeah, so, um, well, this is a nice artist to start with here. Um, this is the work of Leslie Saar. She's um, a, a well-known artist in Los Angeles. Leslie's part of the Saar family. Her mother's Betty Saar, her sister's Allison Saar. Nice. And a lot of Leslie's work, like I mentioned, is about her identity. Mm -hmm. Leslie's mixed race, and she looks a lot like her father, um, who was white. And a lot of her work is responding to being, you know, identifying as a black woman, but having a lot of white privilege and a lot yeah. of her work is about issues of mixed race people, hair mm -hmm. texture, eye color, and she always sets it in this earlier time frame. So this is kind of like a Victorian time frame. Yeah. This particular body of work is influenced by a French poem. Um, the, the writer is uh, Artaud. Antonin Artaud, and it's a, a poem called Black Garden. Oh, I love that. I can yeah. see everything that you, that you pictured here, that yeah. you described. I love that, you know, she got the texture of hair on her head, and we got two different it, it's hair colors hair here. coming in in the bottom. Yes. And she makes the fabrics, and all of her paintings are done on fabric. Okay. Even, even her more traditionally framed, smaller works are done on fabric, and then they're framed out. Mm. But um, she, you know, she, 
it's all very hand built. So mm -hmm. you know, the, the background, the banner is made by hand. So you can see things are sewn together. There's the little turtles and the brooch and you know, mm -hmm. all sorts of little uh, you know, emblems that further accentuate the subject of the painting. Yes, shout out to Leslie. Shout out to Leslie, great job, girl. Love your work. And then we have an artist like this who's also LA-based named Carolyn Castaño. Uh, Carolyn is Colombian-American, and her parents immigrated from an area in Colombia uh, near Cali. And it's a very rainforest area. It's got one of the largest bird-watching uh, you know, species there. People travel there to bird watch. It's got a lot of different bird species. Nice. And so this particular body of work she called Future Ruana. The Ruana is a poncho that's worn in in the Andes section of South America primarily and of course up through Mexico and Central America mm -hmm. and it's this utilitarian kind of piece of clothing that's used for warmth but it can also be used for comfort for bedding and she's thinking about the Ruana in terms of the shape of the neck which is often just a V it's usually just two pieces of fabric that are stitched together okay. so very simple and even the woven patterns emulating kind of the woven texture of a traditional ruana, and then she's incorporating all this collage information based on her Colombian heritage, the foliage, the birds, uh, and there's a lot of, she does a lot of work with kitchen materials like flocking sequins, uh, glitter, I, I love gold it. foils, so there's a lot of texture. It's a lot of texture that, yeah. like, this really does something for, for my eyes, yeah. and for what I, I think I diagnosed myself with ADHD, like, I'm like, this, this yeah. really does something great for me. Um, a lot going on. A lot going on, and it's good to hear something about uh, Colombia other than Cartagena. Yeah. That's all I hear about, so yeah. it's good to hear And now, about. you know, Colombia is certainly a, a, a big destination in the world. I mean, I think a lot of people are... are feel safe to travel there. Yes, yes. You know, and back in, in the 90s and early aughts, that might not have been the case because yeah. of the cartel situation. Exactly, exactly. So, that's a beautiful country. Yeah, and, and beautiful painting. Another artist who is a beloved artist, and unfortunately, this is the work of Hong Lu. She passed mm -hmm. away in 2021 of pancreatic cancer, so we uh -huh. lost her fairly recently. And Hong was a dear, dear friend mm -hmm. of mine. And Hong was Chinese-born. Came to the U.S. at 36 in 1984, having waited several years for her visa. And she came as a grad student at UC San Diego. And there she met her husband and went on to develop her career in mostly in the Bay Area, where she taught at Mills College for years. A lot of her work was about historical images from China. And then in the last six years of her life, she switched over to the American subjects, which mm -hmm. you're seeing here. And these are taken from the photographs of the famous photographer, Dorothea Lange. Mm. So it's, you know, migrant, uh, this is the migrant mother and child, and it's an image of them at a migrant camp. Yes, it, this is, this is I, I felt this real heavy on my heart. Yeah. It's just like the mother, she, she's risking it all for this, for her baby. For what I got from this is like, Listen, we, we have nothing, but I'm going to make sure my child eats. Exactly. And then, you know, the baby. the love of a mother. The love of the mother. And these are two separate paintings. This, by the way, just to mention, this show is our summer group show. It's called Pump Up the Volume. Pump up the so volume. it's celebrating larger works by our artists. It has 18 of our gallery artists in the show. So we kind of made this into a triptych for the installation. A triptych, I'm sorry, a diptych for the uh -huh. installation. Um, these are two separate paintings taken from two different photographs of Dorothea Lange, but okay. they're obviously the same sitting with the same mother and child. Yes. And it's a nice kind of comparison of time. And what I find sweet is in the left image here, the mother is looking down at her child, and mm -hmm. the child looks out at, you know, with the kind of the dirty face and mm -hmm. laying you know, on, the, on the dirt ground. 
And then here the child is eating something off the ground and the mother's looking at kind of pondering her life and like her existence and yes. her, you know, maybe experience of being a young mother. Yeah, I definitely got all of that. Like, like life is heavy, but you know what? She's sitting there, she's figuring it out. Yeah. Like a, a great mom does. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Always figure it out. Yeah. So it's another one. That, yeah. All of these paintings yeah. are dynamic. But let me tell you, let me, yeah. let yeah. me take you to the, to the one. Yes, this is, this is one of my favorite ones. Yeah. Follow us. This is my favorite one over here. Yeah. Man, I spent so much time with this here painting. And it's, this is so dynamic to me. Like, it's just a, a burst of the city. It's a burst of color and flavor <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and, and destruction and love. And yeah, tell me about this painting. So this really kind of entails, for me, kind of some of the best you know, attributes of the human experience and the worst. So this is the work of John Gerage. John, his father was Lebanese, his dad passed away a few years back, but his father was from Beirut. And a lot of John's work is about his cultural identity. Um, he spent a lot of time visiting family there in his life. And a lot of um, his earlier paintings, which this is part of, this is from 2006, so okay. we're going back almost 20 years. But um, this is from imagery that was sourced from the internet of war-torn buildings after one of the bombings in Beirut. And again, I mean, thankfully, that part of the world has been fairly quiet for a while Amen. there. It was very active. Yeah. And so this has taken an image of a bombed-out building and then kind of bringing back some kind of maybe some celebratory aspect to it by bringing in the color and turning it into something like a beautiful abstract painting. Like obviously all of this area in the foreground is probably where the debris of the building would have been located, mm -hmm. but he's giving it this energy and he's turning it into this beautiful abstraction mm -hmm. and really celebrating his skill as a painter. Yeah. Um, you see the little kind of line of people going across the top. Yes. Um, they almost look like aliens to me or something, kind of, but they're wearing like helmets, they're suited up. So for me, they're like people that have come in after the disaster yeah. as kind of the cleanup crew maybe going through the destruction to see what's left behind. And it's so funny, when I first seen it, I thought these were the bad guys and they were the ones that's causing all the destruction. Yeah. And you know, it's just like bombings going on. Well, it could, it could they could be like, you know, at war with each other and, yeah. and fighting in the street and they're, I mean, yeah. very um, explicit depiction for sure. Yeah, you know, Walter, that's the thing I love about art. Yeah. Like you take your own interpretation yeah. and it means exactly what you want it to be. And that's what it's all about, especially contemporary art. And it's yeah. also important to note, you know, a lot of people get intimidated by contemporary art uh -huh. because if it can't see the skill of like maybe somebody being able to paint a still life or a figure, they don't understand it. And that's what you have to do. You have to be able to, you have to do your research on the artist to be able to understand his, her, their mm. perspective in the world because yes. it's so important to kind of know where the artist is coming from. And again, that's my job as the art dealer. So if people come into my space, I sit here at this desk, um, what the fuck off. What the fuck was going to say? But I, you know, I'm here to answer questions. I'm here yeah. to walk people through, and I do. And you know, that's that, that's my role. I'm the voice of my artists. Okay, so if someone wanted to, an artist, if an artist wanted to have their paintings exhibited in your beautiful gallery, how do they go about contacting you? So I show a group of artists about 24, 25 full time, and it's a very insular group. And I add to that from time to time. Okay. I, with the pandemic and everything, I'm not really adding any new artists. Okay. So we're just focusing kind of in, you know, I'm, I'm almost 20 years old. So a lot of my artists are just kind of hitting their stride. And okay. They're kind of in the mid-career of their, of their, you know, art careers. Um, so oftentimes I'm introduced to artists through 
friends of my artists, mm -hmm. students of my artists, um, just now being so well situated in the LA art world. Yeah. So, you know, I'm doing studio visits from time to time. Okay. And oftentimes I'll look at a new artist's work and I'll put their work into a group show and that'll be like an introduction. That's good, that's good. And um, I can show you the work of one artist yeah. in the back. So um, we can, we can. Who's one of my newer artists. Yes. And, and, and I did, I met him. He's a Serbian artist, mm -hmm. Serbian board. Um, it's this wonderful landscape here oh, with an arc. And this is the work of Vorslov Radovanovic. And Vorslov is an artist I met in an artist workshop that one of my friends runs called Ki Pai Pai. And artists can sign up for this um, workshop. It's usually a two and a half, three day workshop oh, nice. where artists get to meet with different arts professionals. So I'm the gallerist. There's art writers and uh, there's an art therapist. And there's you know different segments of the art world so they can not just share their work with the professionals, but just learn from yeah, them. You're building a community here. Yeah, so I it's like, like you know, the artists pay, it's, it's a workshop, so there is a mm -hmm. small fee involved, right. but it's, you know, the ones I've done have been in the LA area. I did a couple in Ojai, and I've done one in Joshua Tree. Okay. The woman who runs it's named Andy Campanoni, and she's the director of the Lancaster Museum um, of Art History up in Lancaster, California. She's a good okay. friend of mine. But in any case, I met him in one of those workshops. Where's he from? He's Forces. from Serbia, from okay. Belgrade originally, and he's in his early 40s. So a lot of his work is about experience too. And you know, he, from the time he was four to the time he was 17, he lived in this you know war-torn community um, during the Yugoslavic transfer. And a lot of his work is about that experience. So mm -hmm. these beautiful landscapes reference the countryside where he'd spent visiting his grandmother and yeah. that was his kind of refuge and his solace and mm -hmm. that's where he kind of felt peace or at peace. Mm -hmm. um, so a lot of them are you know, his kind of safe space and all of his work, you can see there's a couple of, there's a piece back here that deal with toys and, and kind of, this piece is kind of about his lost childhood. Um, his partner grew up in Iowa and a lot of his partners also a visual artist named Jason Jen and he kind of used a lot of his partner's toys growing up thinking about kind of this childhood that was very different in America mm. than where he grew up. But the arch references a religious context because Yugoslavia was not, it was a very secular community and there wasn't a lot of religion. And when they went back to being a Serbian, you know, when they, Serbia reclaimed its territory and yeah. became a country, they introduced religion again. And there was a there was a dynamic between the Catholic Church and the Orthodox Church. You know, there will always be a, a dynamic when exactly. you introduce religion, and when you talk about religion, period, right? Absolutely. And so a lot of, a lot of his work, well, almost all of it includes this arch, which is a reference to religion, because he's not a, he's an agnostic person, he's not a believer, but he was kind of made to really think about religion for the first time in his young adult life. Okay, I get that. Yeah. So I love how art just tells, paints a story of someone's life, and yes. you tell people's story very beautifully. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Well, so, years of experience. Yeah, years of experience. <laughs> yeah. I love that. And so I want to let them know. So when mm -hmm. I walked into your gallery, mm -hmm. I told them who I was and what, you know, what the show was about. Mm -hmm. Could you let them know what you said to me? Well, that I was so honored. So <laughs> I, I drew immediately a connection to uh, years ago. Um, and, and the gallery was half the size back then. We expanded in 2014. This mm -hmm. was probably around 2011, 12. Issa Rae, who had a webisode called, the, I think it was The Misadventures of an Awkward Black yes. Woman. Am I getting all the right? Oh, awkward Black Girl. Black Girl. Yeah. And she celebrated the end of season one with a closing 
party out in my gallery. She rented the space. So we had a really fun night and I got to meet her and it was just a great memory. And, you know, she really kind of started to blow up after that. It was just kind of fun to watch her career. Yeah. So learn I, more about her. I told Walter, I was like, oh, I love that you thought of Issa after, you know, me introducing yeah, myself. Yeah. And I said, maybe Walter Maceo Gallery is the portal where artists come <laughs> and blow up after coming here. Yeah. So listen. Come to the gallery, check it out. Who knows what's going to happen for you like it did with Issa, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so if you could give the artists any type of advice, following their dreams, how important it is to go after what they want, because you came to L.A. Mm -hmm. and look what you're doing now. Yep. What type of advice would you give them? I mean, I would say stay true to your, your trade. I mean, you know, artists... Being an artist is a very lonely career. You're in your studio Ooh. dealing with things by yourself. I mean, I, that's partly why I quit making artwork. I mean, mm. I get to be social and I get to be, you know, in collectors' homes and I get to work with interesting curators and mm. it's a very social job and being an artist is very, it's a, you're in solitude in your studio most of the time and it can be a little depressing and, you know, there are moments in your career that are high points and then there's a lot of other and during that other you just got to kind of keep creating, keep and stay true to yourself and keep Keep the creative juices flowing. Mm, keep creating. Even in your times of isolation, keep creating. You heard it here from Walter, a very successful man here today. Thank so you. thank you so much for being on the Bridge of the Ratio. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. <laughs> I love your energy. I, I love it. I'll, I'll definitely yeah. be back. Great. So listen, if you want to be on the Bridge of the Ratio or you know anybody, any artists, hit me up. Let's get you on the show that he like Walter here, okay? And remember, follow your dreams. Don't let anything or anyone deter you from it. Because listen, Issa did it. I can do it. You can do it. Let's go. Do it. Richard, 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 Richard.